Um, what did I What did I miss? I'm uh, sorry, I missed the first 20 minutes when you guys were waiting for me to get my shit together. Um, before we get to the run sheet, what did I you miss? Know, you know what? what? We purposely to to help you out, Joe. Yeah, you missed sure. jack shit. So let's just start. Okay. Let's just do this stuff. How about you do one of those intros we loves everybody yep, talks yep. about on the Twitter? The intros that we go deep into our personal lives. Yeah, let's do it. Tertio Radio uh, at three K underscore. That's me. At Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, Rob? Hey, it's been a while. What's up, jerks? At LA Rams, Rams, Rams. What's up, Joe? Hey, jerks. Good to see you. Oh, and and joining us. Oh, it's Ooh. QB's MVP. You might you might think QB's MVP might refer to quarterbacks. It doesn't. It's Eminem's number one fan. The guy who admits that Nas is one of the most overrated rappers of all time. So it's Northside. Everything that was just said was not factual. Also, raps and sex. At QB's MVP. What's What's up, up, boys? (laughs) Also, raps and six. Um, Yeah, it's uh, the middle of the offseason. There's not a lot up for the Los Angeles Rams. OTAs are done. Minicamp's done. Everything's done. We're shutting down until training camp. The good thing is so much of what we talk about the last – five months is kind of ending 2018 for the first time. We're, we're, we're kind of sincerely starting 2019. And when we get over this, it's full speed ahead into the 2019 season. Before we do that, personal live updates. Um, Robo, you, you've been in the mountains. You've been exploring. What's going on? Uh, yeah. I'm, um, what am I doing? I'm, I'm volunteering. I'm out Rainier. So if you want to come out and go hiking, what is that? Rainier, what, you see me out there. Explain that to me. What is volunteering on? I, I don't live near any mountains, so I don't know what that means. So. It's a national park. It's a, it's a, it's a national park. And so what they do is they'll have, you know, there's rangers out there who keep the, keep the lot, the order and help people out with whatever, but there's, it's a very popular spot just south of Seattle, about an hour, well, two hours from one and then one side of the park and, and like an hour from the other side. But there's just so many people that go out there. They don't have enough staff to 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 help and assist and whatever. So what I'm doing is, it's basically like a, like a little like a ranger job. You go out there, you work the trails. Yes. I know the trail system, so I volunteer on the trails. I will hike, you know, about 17 miles a day out in the trails with radios, and um, we'll phone in emergencies, get people help, cool. um, help with lost kids, keep people off the wildflowers because you want to keep the you know the natural resource there for everybody. So you keep people on the trails. You uh, you offer us. You know, suggestions and what kind of trail system they go. Because when you pull up to the national park, they just give you like a, an eight by eight, eight by eleven piece of paper right. with some plans on it. Like, oh yeah, go to this trail, go to that trail. And you look at it, it gets kind of confusing. And we get people that come out from all around the world. So, I volunteer and do that through the summer, just helping people. Um, sometimes people get hurt, break an ankle, and you have to call in uh, an evac form, whatever. It's all about making uh, making people have a good experience when they're out there. And so, uh, yeah, I'm out anyways, and so I volunteer. Another thing I'm doing this summer is uh, I'm a farmer now. Complete what? with like overalls and shit and pitchforks. We need details. What? Yeah. So, uh, I I tore up half my yard, the part that gets a lot of sun, and I planted crop, and I'm harvesting right now. I'm a total farmer mm. at my house. How but, how large how large of a farm are we talking? Is this like a two foot by two foot farm? <laughs> no, it's half of my yard. So I've got I've got I've got a bunch of stuff up there. I've got like one the, the, the stuff you're thinking about, like it's like the four by four that they sell. I've got two of those packed with herbs, like. You know, parsley, dill, thyme, rosemary. Um, I got onions. I've got I've got chives. I've got cabbage grown over there. I've got uh, carrots. I got poblanos. I've got yellow. Well, this is fantastic. Peppers. I've got strawberries. I've got cherry tomatoes. I've got raspberries going in. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally farming. We're we're actually harvesting food and eating it from my yard. You're making me feel very unproductive. Good for and you. So it's it's good. It's it's something that. I don't have to mow a lawn over there anymore. I just tore all that shit out, and I put stuff down, and we eat it. Well, in a way, but that's how you know that Rob's a good guy because there's other dudes that you know end up getting a Porsche and they start sleeping with a secretary, but not Robbo. Robbo Robbo's uh, Park. He's he's curating his thyme and his rosemary. I'll tell you what. So I like it. This whole national park thing. I had to go. You have to keep going back out for like a training situation, and they 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 prep you on a bunch of stuff. So I get there for this this training uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there's 140 people there, and I'm the youngest dude there by 20 years, and my ass is 51. <laughs> <laughs> like looking around, like God, I am I am I'm feeling spry, and there's it's, but if you think about it, who has a lot of disposable time? You know, retirees, sure. right? They're not doing, they're not doing much. They can give their time. But honestly, by 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 twenty years, I was like, 
Damn, I'm hanging out here more often. That feels pretty good. Well, good for you, man. No, that's awesome. It's um, yeah, you know, good to, good for you to get to Mount Rainier Pass, Takuma. Oh wait, is it Tacoma? Is it Tacoma? Tacoma? Not when you're from North Tonawanda. Tonawanda. It's Takuma. That's how you pronounce it when you're from the Great North. There's no, there's no you in Tacoma. So we, sure, we there have isn't. To a boot. I dare you to prove it, uh, Joey. Yes. You you went down to charge Chargers country, and I don't mean Carson. What, what, what were you doing? What? Well, you know, I think when you're in <laughs> L.A. for a, a while and you have a bunch of, uh, you know, buddies you went to college with, eventually some of them just get really rich. And uh, so I got a buddy. Who just, <laughs> they they um you, they have you a, say it like somebody who gets sick, like like uh, uh, I got what happened. I don't know what happened this last week, but I got rich. Whoops! Yeah, exactly. I got a bad case of the rich. Um. So, anyways, I um. <laughs> I got a buddy who they they have a condo down like right in the Gaslamp district, just downtown, perfect area. Yeah. And they're like, hey, why don't we go? You know, let's just get you know buddies together. We'll go down for the weekend, and uh, we'll go see a Padres game because none of us had been to Petco Park. So I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Let's just go down there and kind of hang out, you know, and go you know get some beers and kind of you know hang out in that area and and go check out the Padres game. They're playing the the Brewers, and uh, we uh, didn't really have any you know dogs in the hunt as far as like, the game went but it's just kind of fun just to kind of you know get a bunch of beers and kind of hang out and that park sure. is pretty nice it's gorgeous it's gorgeous yeah. no, it's and, and, and we're two blocks away from the park so you're just walking around the area it's just kind of just knowing dodger stadium that's just a a parking nightmare and just getting in there it takes a week off your life and here it's just this pleasant stroll down the sidewalk and you just glide right in like you're just a little you know like a ghost there's no there's no issues getting into that place but dodger stadium you just kind of feel like you know you're just um dodging cars and might be getting in a fight you're seeing weird things happen i mean i like dodger stadium but that place is that place is rough and uh what what are seeing weird things happen what is what are we what are weird things um, I guess just, um, I guess just probably like people kind of picking, you know, people picking fights or, um, just people kind of showing off all their, their weird gear. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like going to Rams game. It's a collie. A little bit. Hold up. Whoa. Wait Whoa. a minute. Are those volcanic ash khakis from the Jared Goff line at Bo- <laughs> Banana Republic? Core temp. Whoa. You, you know, you know what the Jared Goff clothes that I actually want to get is um, they have these. It's a, it's like a, a collar shirt, a short sleeve button down that has bananas on them, and it's kind of like, hey, cool! Like it's like a, it looks like a respectable like gray button down, but just has little bananas everywhere. Or one one of them has little like lime wedges, and I was like, I wonder if Jared Goff actually suggested that i said hey bro you know it'd be funny if we just put bananas on the shirt or does he not even like realize that that's part of his line i don't know the man's an enigma but um anyways had a great time i would we get I, w- I would i would say there's a 90 percent chance that he calls them nanners dude <laughs> look if, if we're gonna do shirts you gotta go nanners go bananas or go outside the banners there's no reason <laughs> Does Higgs no, get the win? Be beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like his button down would just have crushed beer cans like around the shirt. Dude, Jared, you should put a lightning bolt in the middle of the shirt. Higgs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but also what I did too, in addition to my little trip, is since it was Father's Day, um, I got a be- I got a. Good old fashioned classic vintage beach cruiser. So I'm that guy now that I'm strolling around. Oh, so you're in my... you're uh, from Friday. What's his name? Old. Uh... Yes. <laughs> no man, the beach cruiser. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly <laughs> that guy. So, um, probably just crashing <laughs> in a telephone pole. So, watch out, watch out for me at Los Angeles. Debo, old Debo. No man, the beach cruiser. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, also, we talked about. I know we've talked about Jerry Goff, and Tyler Higby, and Volcanic Ash. How how much do you think Tyler Higby was impressed, not by the whole presentation of Jerry Goff's clothes, but when he learned that Volcanic 
sand was involved. Like when when Jared Goff was like, "Hey, Ty, I got a new line of clothes, man," and Ty was like, "Yeah, whatever." Oh, they're at Banana Republic. Yeah, whatever, man. That's cool. They're made from volcanic sand. Volcanic sand clothes. Are you kidding me, Jared? Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's like, dude. That's like volcano. Put them on me. Yeah, dude. That's like volcano jizz, man. You're cool now. That's awesome. Volcano khakis. <laughs> I've been dreaming of this for years. The chances that this conversation was had over a guac bowl, greater or less than fifty percent. Okay, okay, hear me out. Guacamole shorts. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I just want it to happen. <laughs> so, so what's been going on with your life, man? Do you guys have summer in Canada? Is that? Do you guys you have the what? same four seasons as we do, or do you guys do different seasons? Yeah, it, do you guys do Fourth of July? <laughs> we do. We do spring. We do fall. We do winter, and then we do winter too. <laughs> now we got a summer. I, I don't think it's coming this year, though. It's been honestly freezing. What is, what is freezing? Uh, like 18 degrees Celsius. What? I don't know what that is. No. Tra- Dude, translate that into English. This is an American podcast. Is that like 40 degrees Celsius? 30? What is that? It's about a what? 60? That's not even degrees. Like 18 degrees Celsius is like three pounds. <laughs> That's like uh, 64 and a half Fahrenheit. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> we call that. Oh, Canada. Let's get to Rams talk. Um, Todd Gurley's knee. I don't. I don't. Is there a thing here? Is there something we're talking about? I. I. I don't know where to go with this. What is? Is there news? Is there a thing here? Well, okay. I'll. I'll jump in there, Joe. Before. Um, before you just uh, completely rip off the, <clears throat> rip rip up the run sheet. Is uh, yeah. If we're good, if we're gonna sit around and have a podcast about the Rams and not lead with Todd Gurley's knee, then what are we doing with our lives? Why are you so obsessed with it? You know, why do you post about this every why day? Why am I so obsessed? Yeah, with yeah. It? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's one of my favorite things it, that it, I see all the time. Is that uh, whenever whenever we tweet something or post about it, it's why are you obsessed? CBS Sports has a report from his trainer about having a. What what was the quote? An arthritic condition? Oh, Lord. Um, CBS Sports had that. NFL.com posts about it. Pro Football Talk posts about it. When Tertio Times posts about it, why are you obsessed? Why do you constantly post about this, Joey? Well, I have to say is if you log on to therams.com and you see that wonderful word mark on the top of the <sighs> webpage, there's a man that's hurtling over the – the the typeface and his name is Malcolm Tom Brown. Gurley three. Wait, who? He's his name is Daryl Henderson, oh. and and he's the face of our franchise. He, <laughs> he's he's yeah. fresh off a a big fat his contract. Is- John Kelly, John a big Kelly. fat contract, and, a fat contract. And okay, and and let's talk about this. Let's talk about just the identity of the Rams' offense. Would if somebody says, um, are the Rams a passing team? Or are they a running team? What what would you say as for the past couple of seasons? What 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 is their identity been? Have, have they been even? Have they been more passing and running, or has they been more as a as kind of like a running team? Uh, the answer to that question is Cooper Cup. <laughs> so 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 so, what do you think? Are, are they a running team or a passing? Team? Mm, I, I guess it depends on uh, what you would consider the parameters here. If you're talking, do they? Run more. The para- what, is, what is this? Science? Yeah, yeah listen, you, listen. You come on Turtle Time, you talk about the parameters. Yeah, if you're talking like just straight volume, which one they do more, I don't know. <laughs> I would, I guess I would say they're balanced. But in in terms of what what they use to set up what, I mean, it's pretty clear that they use the running game to set up the passing game, right? So, uh, I, I mean, I would personally say they're balanced, but I, I think it would be even fair to say that they are uh, kind of like a rushing attack that uses a strong running game to like open up passing lanes. They're an 11 yeah, personnel it's, it's, team. Oh, they are. Yeah. And it, it just, it seems like the, the Rams are probably going to look and feel the same as they did at the end of the season when they, when they put in meatball, if, if they start, you know, using Malcolm Brown or, you know, the rookie Daryl Henderson, if they have those guys in there, there's a chance that they could look and feel very similar to how they won the last four or five weeks of the season. Or I'm thinking that 
their identity could change. And that's why I think this is a big narrative is that could Todd Gurley's knee make this team into either more of a passing team or going to jump ahead a little bit is, I mean, this is passing, but more of a team that um, goes all about Gerald Everett. Mm. What if, what if uh, <laughs> a, a one year from now, if you log on to the Rams.com, it's just Gerald Everett leaping over the typeface of the Los Angeles Rams. Is that crazy? What if, it, what if it's, it is crazy, but what if it's Jared Goff, just giraffe mode? Majestic yeah. leaping over. I'm, I'm here for giraffe mode. I am here for giraffe mode. Yeah, I'd have to, I would have just have to, you know. On the, on the QB draw and then the finger roll up over the crossbar. What do you think, yeah, Rob? I wouldn't need, pa- wouldn't need Pornhub versus... anymore. <laughs> Pornhub premium, 10% off <laughs> at the Rams. Um, what do you think, Robbo? Uh, passing team versus running team. And uh, in terms of as we shape this debate, before we get to week one, none of this is going to matter until we get to week one. What do, what do you think about the the passing team versus running team? Uh, I'm going to say that they – well, I mean, they're they're they are balanced, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards a pass first, run second team. Hmm. Um, everyone wants to run the ball, run the ball, but uh, look at look what the receive like the receiving core did last year. How long how long did this team go without a thousand yard receiver? And then what they have last year, they had two, and if Cup doesn't go down, they have three. And if you put Cup and Josh Reynolds together, they probably did have three, right? They were pretty darn close there. Uh, that team that team throws the ball a lot. They don't they don't wing it. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna sit back and be Ben Roethlisberger, but they're I mean that's what they do. They hit those they hit those uh those yeah it's, I'm gonna, I'm I'm sick with that. I'm gonna go pass first, run second. But they're I mean you're talking like what fifty five forty five, so it's not like they're they're heavily slanted either way. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna pass first, run second. This is, uh, Joey, I'm assuming this is your question. Have your feelings changed about Gurley's role in the offense since the Super Bowl? I think I think part of the problem we've got two problems. Number one is that the Rams haven't been very um, upfront, or what's the what's the right word? Uh, Liars. Respect. Well, sure, but I think we can all understand why. Maybe respectful of the the idea that they need to do media availability. Because if they were respectful of that, they would have just erased this in the in the first place and just said, "Yeah, this is what we're dealing with." The same way they said Cooper Cup tore his ACL, and it's not a big deal. This is what he's dealing with. No, nope. I, I think the the before we get to it, I think the bigger problem is that they don't know what's going to happen, and so because of that, they're trying to have to be careful about what they say. But the the bottom line is that the end of the season, going into the Super Bowl, changed things. And I, the question is, have your feelings changed about Gurley and Gurley's role in the offense since the Super Bowl, Joey? I'm assuming this is your question, so you take it first. Have your feelings changed about Gurley since the Super Bowl? I would say no, because I mean, well, actually, you know, maybe a little bit, because I think after the Super Bowl, we didn't know about the arthritis rumors. So did did that change things? I, it though, did, it did for me. Yeah, it, it definitely changed okay. my long term view of what he could be on this team. And I would say that you know, it's not even the, the Super Bowl was weird, but I would say that the the NFC Championship when he dropped that pass and they just didn't go to him and they just felt like they really they had four carries. Yeah, they just stayed away from him. There was something about it that kind of it was that it, it felt like just so different that they were just like, hey, we're just going to stay away from this guy. Like they just were ignoring him and they kind of did the Super Bowl and we we're all just excited to be in the Super Bowl. So we weren't talking about it as much, but now it's just really awkward. And so I kind of feel like I want the awkwardness to be addressed in the room and I feel like it's not. So then, yeah, like I think when fans are like, how come you weren't, how come you're so obsessed? Why do you keep talking about this? And you're like, dude, <laughs> If somebody walks into a party and they pee their pants and they, you know, put the lampshade on their head. Why are you talking about them peeing their (laughs) pants? Like nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention to that. Come on, man. Volcanic sand pants are urine resistant. Why are you paying attention to the volcano piss? (laughs) Nobody cares. I do. I care a lot. This is the thing with Todd Gurley's name and the Rams and how they're addressing it. It's they're treating it like they they would prefer to treat it like Ted Rath. That shit never happened, and we're not going to talk about it. And the LA media lets them get away with it. Every once in a while, they get, oh, what do you think? But no one goes after it. They just 
they just let it go. It's what happens. It's like you know, sexual assault. Uh, but they don't want to. They don't want to address it. They don't want. They don't want to deal with it. They just want to. I think you made a good point, Joe. Cooper Cup tore his knee, and they talk all about it and all the rehab and whatever. But Cooper Cup also didn't sign the the biggest contract in history of his position, right? And the other guy, they did. And so, well, you know, if we start dealing with this, we're going to start dealing with more questions and more and more and more. But if you look at what happened with Aaron Donald last summer, did that question ever go away? Did right. people stop talking about it until they actually signed him? No. And I think we're going to. It's they're going to talk about this every day of camp, and until. This until it's going to be talked about after, even up until and after week one. It's going to be talked about what's going to happen with Gurley, and then we'll see the game. And if he'll have a great game, and they'll talk about, oh, it was all unfounded, no big deal. Or it's going to be like, well, Gurley wasn't great, so let's talk about it. I mean, it, this story is never going away, it, not for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. It's not. There's no way this thing just disappears. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm enjoying the obfuscation because at this point, it, it takes a lot of effort, right? That to 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 talk about Cooper Cup and be like, yeah, he tore his ACL and he's on an eight month rehab and he should be ready for week one. Todd, are you dealing with arthritis? Look, I'm just working to make sure that Wednesday I'm healthy and next week uh, I'm looking to be happy. Like, wait, you know, like, yeah. what are these talking points? Like, every week it changes of just making sure they avoid it the question like it's in and of itself. But like you get to chip. I, I think, you know, like every day that he doesn't, his knee doesn't crumble to give him like a new chip. Right. Uh, so, so here, here's one area where I know you've got thoughts when we've talked about guys like Dante Fowler and other guys, when we talk about contracts, uh, I know you're on the same side as me talking about running backs, but the Rams made Todd Gurley the highest paid running back in the NFL and already a year in, they're 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 not going to get return for value on that contract. the The question that's on the run sheet is: Do you think the contract is a disaster one year in? I'll I'll reframe that. How much of a disaster? One to ten. Ten being a what is a a a, a dumpster fire. One being <laughs> angels, baby angels sitting on a cloud. <laughs> one to ten. Oh man, what is that's a tough uh, one. The state of this um, contract, do you think, uh, going into the season? <laughs> pick pick one, because if you pick one, we can talk about baby angels on the cloud in a diaper with a little bow and an arrow. Blowing each other. Blue eyes. <laughs> it's, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. It's tough it's, to it's say, wonderful. you know, because it's nice. If, like, at this point, it's hard to seem ever, like, living up to that contract, obviously. But even if um, he plays, say, you know, 60% of the snaps or whatever, 50% of the snaps, um, and he plays really well, like, at an all-pro level or a Pro Bowl level or whatever we've be- become accustomed to, does that, like, you know, does that equal the payoff for the contract? Probably not, right? But at the end of the day, like you, you just don't know what the next step is. Is it going to be um, one week you're going to get the throwback Todd Gurley, and then one week he's just not going to be able to go, or is it going to be like every single game it's going to bug him, and you're just going to have to kind of reduce his role to a point where paying a running back just doesn't make sense if you're not going to be able to use him as much, you know? That, that would be my question, though, and 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 this is I don't want to get too far off the tangent, but it, you you got Todd Gurley on a rookie contract. With MVP level production, is there is there any reason or, or, or any way to pay a running back on a on a market level contract that's going to come anywhere close to the production you get from them when they're on the rookie contract versus other players? When you look at quarterbacks, you can justify quarterback contracts. We've seen contracts for Aaron Rodgers, contracts obviously for Russell Wilson now. Um, Contracts that are going to come for Carson Wentz already got done. Contracts that are going to come for Dak Prescott. Contract that's going to come for Jared Goff that you can justify because you see them putting up production that's you know important enough to justify it. You don't see that a lot from running backs because so often you see running backs on rookie contracts. Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley himself, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey put, putting up the kind of things that that, that make you say, well, is there a reason that you should pay running back? You know what? I think something about what's funny about what the Rams have done maybe in the past, you know, two, three, four years, even looking forward to the future, is that I feel like they've sort of played it backwards because every position that 
or every position slash player that you could have justified paying early, like the Aaron Donalds or Jared Goff at QB, they don't. Yeah. They, they wait, whereas opposed to players that add positions that just aren't as valuable. Guys that like um, Alec Ogletree at linebacker or inside girly, linebacker. Yeah, or Gurley yeah. in this case. They're paying them early. Mark Barron. Which is really, really strange to me. I feel like they're kind of going backwards against uh, what, what we've become accustomed, accustomed to in 2019. Very strange. Um, How about this, boys? Do you see any correlation between the Rams moving on from Marshall Falk because they had Steven Jackson, right? A young Steven Jackson after Marshall tweaks his knee and he's not the same guy anymore. They, they, they move on. Oh. And... Uh, perhaps girly transition to Henderson in a couple of years. That's you know a good what? Question. We got this young guy. Maybe we move off and we have the, the new the new guy. I kind of – I started to think about that. I'm like, you know, Marshall was great and then he wasn't and they drafted Steven Jackson who backed him up and then it was like, mm, thanks, Marshall. That's it. Girly with that contract in a couple of years. Could they move on if, if Henderson comes in and is what he was at Memphis, explosive and, and – able to do it that's a great point robo that the i have two issues with it number one todd Gurley is much younger than marshall falk was when he was finished and has yet to accomplish what marshall falk did when we moved on and two and i i don't know if we're in unanimity here but stephen jackson was fucking incredible i love daryl henderson I'm excited true, about no, true, it. True, true, true. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Henderson is Steve Jackson. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah. No, I'm not going. No, I know. I know. They were able to transition from one guy to the next guy yeah. when the one guy was hurt and the new young guy was coming in and ready to roll. I think that might I think that might be the kind of situation they're in and kind of the situation the running back position finds itself in in this era of the NFL where you don't need to wait for Marshall Falk to have a Marshall Falk career to move on from him. And you don't need to have a talent like Steven Jackson to move on to the next guy. And maybe, maybe that's me being biased against the running back position, which is, you know, not new, but uh, I don't know. And does, does that, does that narrative take up more median after Jared Goff gets paid $35 million a year? And you're <laughs> like, oh, we got two big contracts and we need to get out of the one because yes, it's not I'm performing telling. up to standards and we still have to pay. We're still paying this other guy. Money will come to a money will come into play at that point. Right. Joey, it's, they're paying they're paying they're paying golf and, and yep what, what do you think and Jer- jared golf we've talked about the extension carson wentz got his deal that kicked off the first wave of this and there's there's a bunch to get done because carson wentz and jared golf were were going into the fourth year before the final fifth year of the option that they had for 2020 yeah Dak okay. prescott still has this year yeah when Carson Wentz signed his extension, did he throw at his back while signing the extension? Oh, or is oh, he okay? Rude. Is he okay? I just want to make sure he's okay. I don't want him to get hurt again. Uh, that, that's part of what makes it interesting is that the Eagles were willing to extend Carson Wentz despite the injuries. They 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 took the the leap of faith and save the money that they did. And so, so I want to get to you after mm-hmm. Joey, because that's something we talked about with saving the money on it. They saved the money on it, extended Carson Wentz. They're the first to do it. So you, Dak Prescott comes, you got all these other quarterbacks that are not uh, the young guys. When you talk about Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees and Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, all these guys get to reset the market. Um, I The, the girly deal's done. So, does the golf deal deal matter? It, do, are they related? That the, the the thing I think to me that separates them is that golf's deal goes right up against the CBA, and so his deal is into this future that we don't know. Gurley's deal is kind of in the present, going up to the CBA. I don't know. I to me, there's a schism there. Do, do you think golf and Gurley are related, or do you think this is golf in and of itself? I think it's related. I think that they are a little bit gun shy about the about the contracts that they signed and I don't know what they're thinking in the front office about Goff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they think that Goff is a is is as has more market value than Wentz because that's a little bit subjective on the way, you know, people look at it. I think he's more valuable, but when they when sure. they look at it, I wonder all of this hemming and hawing and all of this um Talking about his contract with everything. Why, why is it always hemming and hawing? Couldn't it be hawing and hemming? 
Could we haul no. before we hem? You always have to hem and then haul. Otherwise, you're a communist. Otherwise, you so unfortunate. Just live in camp. Like an eye before you accept that they're seeing. So here's here's what I think. I think that they are throwing up a smokescreen. They're trying to get Jared Goff's side a little bit desperate to get the deal done because mm-hmm. Jared wants to get some money, man. He wants to buy more volcano pants. And for him to get that big deal, he would, he wants to get it this summer, right? He wants to get that security. So he goes into the season. If he blows out his knee or something weird happens to his Achilles, he'll be covered and he'll have more guaranteed money. So for him to get that, I think what the Rams are trying to do is they're trying to get the price that they want. And I think that they're saying out in the press, like, oh, you know, we don't have to wait. Like, we don't need to sign this contract right now. But I think it's going to, I think it's, it's a little bit, I mean, it's, it's different than the Aaron Donald deal, but it's maybe similar to the Todd Gurley thing. And I think it's going to happen at the end of the summer. I, I would guess that by the time they are playing preseason games, Jared Goff will have this contract. Interesting. By preseason games. What do you think, Sosa? Are they hemming before they're... I, I know we say hemming before they're hauling down here, but up there, are they hemming before they're hooing? <laughs> I've never heard any of these expressions before, but... Um, Liar? No, really. Um, he's not, he's not, not old. Yeah, I still got youth, so... Just listen to his rap. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but no, really, about this extension... Uh, Man, I don't know. I, I don't know what, how much they're trying to let off here or how truthful anything really is. I, I do think he's he's their guy. I think um, they will make him a priority at some point. I don't know when. Um, obviously, the longer they wait, the, the more expensive it's going to get because there was rumors that Dak Prescott's camp was asking for $34 million a year, which is pretty out, like outlandish when you think about it. Um, Oh man! Do you, so? you really? Do you think it's not for range? him? I think he has the the right to ask for that. Uh, yeah. Obviously, seeing how QB contracts are going, right? But like in terms of just uh, the cap itself and what the Rams are going to have to pay Jared Goff if they pay him after, how much you're going to have to pay him after? Uh, it's 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 going to be like an astronomical amount, obviously. So. I would have figured they probably would have been the first ones out of the those three teams to do it between the Rams, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. But I don't know. I really don't know. Like to me, it, if you're gonna make uh, a contract extension, something uh, similar to the Todd Gurley deal, why not do it now, right? Because it's not going to affect the current year, and it's only going to add uh, to future years. And if he really is your guy, are you really worried about you know three or four years down the line? Can I interject? No, please. No, no. Does does the CBA <laughs> situation Im- affect or impact when they want to sign him? Here, here's, what, here's what I love about the CBA. Want to wait? Is that none you? of us know? Right. None of us know what it means. The CBA is this weird phantom demon <laughs> that's coming and coming. It's coming in two thousand. It's gonna reap our souls. Do they do they want to lock themselves into the another new, big deal before they know what the rules are? When the new CBA gets passed, the salary cap will be four million. Quarterbacks will be paid fourteen thousand dollars a year. You know what? I, I think the CBA thing is really interesting because I think we we might be looking at it kind of backwards in the sense that I think it may uh, be more of um, like an unknown commodity in terms of a team's perspective as opposed yeah. to a player's perspective because I think. Yeah. Anytime sure. oh, yeah. you sure. put a big contract in front of a player, it's going to be really, really hard and really, really unlikely that they would turn it down, regardless of the CBA coming up or not, right? Whereas I think a team right. would rather like right. kind of understand what's going to happen and try and protect itself in that case. So mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to, to kind of like just see how, how it might affect the negotiations. And the reason I say that is before the, this current CBA kicked in, who was the last – rookie contract quarterback to sign on the old deal was that sam bradford the rams got settled with a shit deal and then the next year yeah. rookie contracts are, are like a quarter of what sammy was signed up for I mean, that's, that's kind of a dick move of you to point that out Rob. i'm just saying, I'm just saying they, they've been down this road before with the cba and and getting mm-hmm. on the wrong side of it could and the same 
the same guys are still there. Could they be like, you know, hey, we saw this last time. Do we want to wait to know what the rules are before we give conference be. money? Or do we want to do it now? I mean, I do think they'll probably do something this year. But if if they do hold off on it, I can see the CBA being a reason. Because What do you think the Chiefs are thinking? Because no matter what all these, these three guys sign for, Patrick Mahomes is going to trumpet big time. So it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I do think the CBA has to be in the back of their mind, but I'll, I, I could totally see them doing, like you sure. said, an Alec Ogletree deal. Just do it in the middle of the season, whatever, or what, what they do with Gurley and just extend him and it doesn't impact what they're doing now, but we'll just extend it. What they do with, with Wentz as well. I could see it happening. What do you guys think about uh, McVay's comments? It, it, they, they escalated over the course of the week where he was talking about, you know, Goff's not going anywhere. He's my guy. And by the end of the week, when he talked to Mike Silver, of all people, who gets his access to the Rams, is, makes his most emphatic comment saying that it, the golf extension will get done. There's a 0% chance that he won't get a contract that, what, what was it, he, that, that meets his value, whatever it was. I don't want to bat for the idea that there's a 100% chance that golf's going to get extended for the Rams. Do, do I know we went through the off se- the the postseason with McVeigh making his comments about Gurley. Do you guys still take the the comments from Sean McVeigh to heart? I think that he has moments of honesty. Remember last yeah. year with the Aaron Donald stuff, and he's like every day he's getting asked and asked and asked. And there was one time like he finally broke down and he's, you know, we've, look at guys, we're finally going to get this. I know I'm not allowed to say this, but this is this shit's happening. We're we're finally through it. Whatever. Right? Is this, is this a moment of honesty? Was he just? I think that's yeah. Where question. he finally just got to where he's been because he gets asked this quite the same question every day, and he just has sure. to give the same stock answer. Sure. Did he finally get one point where he's like, and, and doesn't hey, just, and doesn't know what's right. going on? He's got to get that information from Kevin Demoff and Tony Pastores, who are actually working on the and contract. Does, and by him saying that to Silver, does that get? Give Goff a little confidence. You know, I know my coach has me, yeah. and all right, let's just get after this thing. I won't have to worry about the money because, you know, as much as the guys say, oh, I don't worry about the money, it's my agent, they're all worried about the money. Aaron Donald didn't show up because he's worried about the money. He showed up, he's sure. still dominated, whatever, but it's maybe it's like, you know what? He's getting it done. We're going to pay him what he needs and whatever. Jared, just concentrate to get our, your ass back to the Super Bowl this year. I don't need you worried about distractions. Let's get you, let's get you rolling. What do you think, Joey? You're, you're the golf man. On the podcast, are are you are you comfortable with yeah. where things are headed for the extension? Are are, are you worried that Gurley's knee has derailed the motivation for the Rams to extend guys? Obviously, we're at the three year point. They're not going to do it. But from all reports, they're not going to do it this offseason. Do you have a problem with them waiting? Are you comfortable with them doing it? What What do you think? I think that it's funny. You know, there's part of me that thinks that hey, Goff has the still has the potential of being the best quarterback in this league. <clears throat> but I know when I say that, Whoa, that there's a lot of... Get rid of that, Robert. <clears throat> exactly. I, I, I think that there is... Um, that is not a universal sentiment. And Which is I weird. feel like... I find that weird. It, Do you find that weird, I think, Joey? I think it's a little bit weird because, you know, I think everybody has a big boner for Patrick Mahomes. And the guy is good. And Brady's good, and there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that are good. Carson Wentz is good. But I feel like Goff's our guy, and I think he has a lot of potential, and I think he could be great, and I think we need to invest in him. Because the other option of finding a quarterback in free agency or going back to the draft is has so many more like just unknown opportunities that I think no, our no. best option is to just go all in on Goff. And I think the Rams are on that same page. And they lately, I think they've proven that they have a um they have an understanding that they need to they need to side their important players long term. And behind I think after Aaron Donald, the next most important player, and I know Rob is rubbing his Cooper Cup tattoo as I'm saying this, but <laughs> our second most important player is Jared Goff and then Cooper Cup. Robbo. He's a close third. So just Did you see I know Andy you Benoit. have that. He's he's no. already talking Coop. I mean we had we had drops today about how great Cooper Cup and his route running is. It was a one there's a third and one That's an Andy Benoit special. 
I, I had to laugh at that. I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure the footwork was fantastic on the third and one screen. He converted for like a four yard first down. <laughs> there, are, there are other instances when Coop was is de- demonstrating his route running ability. I think we. I think Andy missed that. I think Joey. I'm, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think. I think Goff. I, I'll agree with you, Joey. I think he is the next after Aaron Donald, the next most important piece because we've seen terrible QB play on this team for so long. They they traded up. They we, we talked to him how many pods about the resources that leading up to the draft that they've traded to get this guy, and we're finally getting out from under that. To just for everyone to think, for fans out there who thought, you know, McVay's going to the QB whisperer and he's going to jettison Jared Goff and go find the next guy and bring him up. You're not thinking. They spent a ton of draft capital to get Jared Goff. They've invested in him. He's taken him to a Super Bowl in his third year. He's had a, he's had two pretty good years. Yeah, the Super Bowl was a little bit of a disappointment. He's still a very young guy. McVay, if you thought McVay wanted to start over and, and hope he gets it right the next time, I think you were crazy. So, yeah, get him signed. Let's go. Let's roll this thing. Uh, and the big question is, after Jared Goff gets his extension, when does McVay get his? Because that's the next, that's the third right. most important guy you need to lock up. He's coming up on the end of the season. They're kind, the kind of synced into this year mm-hmm. is Sean McVay figuring out, you know, after Roger Saffold and after, you know, LaMarcus Joyner and after – Mark Barron. Uh, the, 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 the Super Bowl or bus season that we had in 2018 that was, that was really lined up well. It's how does he respond to that? And how does he respond to the loss in the Super Bowl and the performance? I know recency bias thing, but even beyond that, how does he respond to 2018 as a whole? And I think that that's one of those things when you talk about a, an extension for Sean McVay. Uh, what was it? Pro Football Focus in their Football Morning in America uh, post that they put together over at Pro Football Talk. That was a really good post. Uh, kind of looked at it. They, they, they mentioned a blurb at the end. Because that's where that's how good the Rams have been under Sean McVay is that they just deserve a blurb at the end when everybody else deserves you know a, a, a ton of introspection as to how they're trying to fix what's going wrong mm-hmm. is the Rams don't have a ton going wrong and so you can throw it at the end and say Sean McVay needs to make sure that he's uh, doing the Bill Belichick stuff of reevaluating his approach every year but the 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 thing that's kind of interesting is uh, because they're doing that. They, they've still got a bunch of old cats of Andrew Whitworth and Akeem Tlaib. And, uh, and now that they brought in Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle and a, a bunch of these older veterans that are going to contribute at that, that end of the spectrum, you're also pushing up a bunch of guys like uh, uh, Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen and uh, Micah Kaiser. Of, obviously, obviously, Micah Kaiser and Ogobanayo, Garonko, Taylor Rad, Greg Gaines, uh, David Long. But but you've also got somebody like Gerald Everett that's coming along. He's been the guy that everybody's kind of needled during OTAs of being the guy that's that's standing out. How how much of that is him standing out, and how much of that is him needing to stand yes. out? Because the Rams' tight end depth chart just hasn't been that dominant bow. in ter- the way we talk about wide receivers when we talk about Robert Woods and Cooper bow, bow. Uh Brandon Cooks. We we look at those guys and we say, okay, they're providing the kind of consistent outputs that we need. Tight end hasn't been the case of whether it's Higgs. Go ahead, hit it again. Bow. Hit again. Hit. Whether it's Higgs or whether it's Gerald Everett, we haven't gotten that from the tight end position. It, it, is Gerald Everett's hype up in this idea of a third year breakout something that we we want to see or is it something that we expect to see i think that's a discrepancy i haven't really well seen. you know i i wrote, just respect johnny mont i, <laughs> I wrote about just it about a week put ago. some respect on johnny mont's name <laughs> or, or maybe it was two weeks ago or um tamarack Hemingway. anybody but um with everett it, it's like if the guy can put it all together we know that he has shown flashes of brilliance so if the guy can block if if he can just get that consistency that he needs, I think it could really transform the offense and really give them a new identity because that's what we thought that we were going to get when McVeigh came over from Washington is that, you know, he had this uh, great success with, uh, with the tight ends over with the Redskins, with Jordan Reed. And we thought, oh yeah, he's going to really just like, you know, play these sets with just two tight ends at the, uh, on the field at the same time. And I guess it really just shows how good of a coach McVeigh is, is that he decided, hey, that's not where our strength is. And we're going to go in another direction with the Rams because 
our tight ends aren't putting it together in the way that need, they need to. But if we can fill that gap, and if Gerald Everett can step up and he can be that guy and he could catch, you know, six, seven balls a game and just be consistent and just Whoa. really kind of be there. And you also have Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and all those guys. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, it's going to be like the Houston Oilers back in the day with Warren Moon when they just had like, you know, five receivers that were just all killing it. And um, it'd be interesting. I'm I, I'm I'm excited about this um, this hype, but you also have to you know say, hey, we're getting OTA hype with a dude. Let's let's see it in week three and four and five. Hmm. I, I I feel bad forever because honestly, uh, the the way I think people look at the production is is a strange dynamic because on one hand, I think he's so talented. I don't think you're gonna find a bigger fan than me, but at the same time, like. How can he be expected to make all these plays when he's just not being included in in terms of targets? Right? You have uh, you have so many good players on the offense, and everyone needs their touches. And I just don't logically see any route where they can include Everett to where his talent level uh, should be in terms of uh, targets and stuff like that. Because now you have a Cooper Cup coming back healthy. Obviously, Todd Gurley is probably going to touch the ball less, but then you have Dar- the whole Daryl Henderson thing in the backfield. I just, I don't, I, I think he could be a better player in terms of efficiency and a per target basis, but I really don't see a way where he could just absolutely explode in terms of production. L- less touches you, uh, you for Robert a, Woods, a maybe. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You don't see a Travis Kelsey season out of Gerald Everett. Well, well who gets less touches then? I mean, is it, it maybe a guy like Robert Woods Everett. is going to get less targets than. Right? Oh man, how do you, how do you take touches yeah. away from so Robert Woods, that's what who I'm is saying. arguably their best offensive player? I mean, if, not like the most talent, but he's he's the he's that guy has been mm-hmm. so damn good. He's the best bargain in the NFL. Robert Woods is outstanding. Everything he does and what he means to that team, um, I would lose Cooper Cup again this year to keep Robert Woods on the field. That guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he's just so versatile. He does everything. He he showed it last year. You know what? Cups down. We're going to put you inside, and we'll let we'll let Josh go outside. It's an embarrassment Whatever. of riches, yeah, just, guys. Just, we have too many good players. Yes, it totally is. Boo, fucking who? That, that's the thing. It's like what would be a breakout season for Joe Everett? He had 320 yards and uh, three TDs last year. If, if we double it and get him 640 and, and six, yeah. is that a great season for Joe Everett in this yeah. offense with that many players out there? I think that would be pretty damn good. I want 900 yards, you, you, Bravo. With 900 yards. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to be George Kittle anytime soon. But you know, he doesn't have to be in this offense. He, he, there are other guys there. Which is, I think we talked about it last year. It's like you know what, with so many weapons, uh, you can't just focus on on one. You can't focus on Robert Woods or, or Brandon Cook or Todd Gurley or Cooper Cup, or Josh Reynolds or Daryl Everett or Daryl Henderson or even Malcolm Brown. I mean, he made splash plays. Mm. There are so many guys that are right. able to exploit their matchups on this team. It's why they're so damn good. Which is also why they were so disappointed in the in the Super Bowl because True. they weren't able to get one guy to exploit a matchup. I didn't see the Super Bowl. Did how how did we do? Did we win? It was we kept under thirteen points. Oh, we good. did great. Okay. It was close. It was a one score game and, until yeah. until it wasn't. I'm waiting for it to go on until Netflix Corey and Littleton, I'm going to watch it. Until it was fun for fifty three minutes. It was a one score game until Pro Bowl linebacker Corey Littleton turned his back on on Gronk and. Then it was over. Thirty for thirty, except without the zeros. <laughs> right. uh, I just watched. Exactly the, I just. Right. I just watched the halftime show that that I, I I tuned everything else up. Who was that? I don't I even remember. Oh, oh no, there was a uh, Adam Levine's Adam Levine's uh, nipples. Adam Levine's nipples atop our fullback depth chart. Um, we got so much that is building in this season, and so much that doesn't matter. From, is there? Let's do this. Is there anything that matters um, from OTAs from mini camp? Is there? Is there anything that you guys think substantially matters? Yes. No nope boom. No nope boom. Brian Allen, Micah Kaiser, all getting mental reps. Mm-hmm. Get get mm-hmm. that stuff down. Mm. Yeah. And I'll buy young guys, I'll yeah, buy young guys, young guys who need who need that work. I mean, does does OAW need OTAs? 
Does no. honestly does, does Todd Gurley need OTAs? What no. what does what Andrew Whitworth do at o, at OTAs? Do I think, think he's running. It, he's working <laughs> the grill, isn't he? Oh come on over here, get the proper footwear on, and we'll get you some <laughs> possum. Do you think he uses his helmet as like as like a pot? Like, it's like a punch bowl. Just, <laughs> it's just filled with ice. I'll fix you a drink and we'll eat some, eat some well, meat. You, you know, as a guy, I mean, curiosity's sake, I mean, I don't think he needs it, but I think I want to see Clay Matthews play just because I want to know mm-hmm. what to expect. I want to prepare emotionally for what he's going to be this season because I don't know if he's going to be a guy like Connor Barwin who's actually – Going to be a consistent starter, or is he going to be a dude that is like Tread this season's Matt Long? He plays half of the games. Oh, you know what I mean? That, that that we that we have we have the expectation. just kicked an animal. Sosa almost just bit a chair in half. You mentioned that name. You know what? And it, it, I don't know so, how to tread lightly, I, I Sosa. I'm, I'm sorry. Fair, but... Matt Longacre fucking sucks. <laughs> It, it's so uncomfortable because Clay Matthews has such a big USC mm-hmm. following that whether whether it's Connor Barwin or whether it's Matt Longacre, neither of those is going to go well. He's, this is going to be uncomfortable probably either. I way. mean, here's my bold prediction. Morgan Fox is going to have a bigger impact than, than, uh, than Clay Matthews. No, yeah, I this think is my bold prediction. I don't know if you're wrong, but this, he's going to double up Fowler on sacks. So his four this year uh... – I don't think it's going to be breaking any records. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, old negative blog is back. Got him. I, mm. I, I think as far as optimism goes, I <laughs> I really, I, I have a soft spot for people who think Okoronkwo is going to be the hope at outside ed- edge rushing, you know, getting okay. to the quarterback. I think it was like, you know what? Yeah. We really made a good investment in the fifth round or the sixth round or wherever that I'm Joe getting, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Where are we going with this? I think he's going to be the man. <laughs> I think we don't have to worry about Clay Matthews. Yeah. Man. It's going to be Dante Fowler on one side and Oka Ronquo on the other side, and they're going to be the sack leaders. And JFM and they're going to kill it. Um, yeah. Where is JFM? Is JFM going to be? Is is he going to be an edge rusher? Is that where he is, or is he more of like a backup? Um, you know. D- d- is he just the, on the D line. Is he taking over from Michael Brocker? Yeah, is he is he more behind Brockers or is, or is he behind like Matthews, Jonathan Franklin Myers? This is this is why I wish we got more interviews from Wade Phillips because he doesn't have a filter. He would tell us. He'd be like, "I don't fucking know." I don't. <laughs> we got Greg Gaines. We got Michael Brockers. We got Aaron Donald. I don't need to find that out until August. Mm-hmm. We, I, I have no clue. I have no clue what we're going to do with Jonathan Franklin. Because, you know, when we write about these guys, what what we got to give them a position, right? We, we, we put them like, oh, they're a defensive lineman or, oh, they're a linebacker. And it's like with Jonathan Franklin Myers, it's like I might as well just put a question mark on that dude. Like, I mean, he's a defensive player. I know he's not playing a long snapper, but. <laughs> he plays de- He plays yeah. defense. He plays defense. Yeah, totally. I mean, the thing about JFM, he's a big-ass dude. I mean, you could. He reminds me of William Hayes, now not by the play, but if you look at the body of that guy, he's a he's a big dude, and he's going to get thicker. So, do you see him staying outside? It's like, so do you think as he matures and his body gets NFL weight room and nutrition and all that, and he starts really thickening up, do you see him going inside, playing I, uh, playing like Brockers' role with great, with gains in AD, or do you see him sticking outside? I do like the idea, Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Sosa, answer this question. What position does Jonathan Franklin Myers play? And also, give me a percentage of snap counts that he's going to get. <laughs> you do uh, that. Let me open this text that I got from up. Wade Phillips. Hold on one <laughs> sec here. Uh, no, to be honest, uh, man, I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to stay outside personally um, just because that's where he played in college majority of the time. That's where he played pretty much all of last year. I don't even remember him taking snaps outside. And, and all when you say college when games you say outside, that you watch. talking about like a – a three four. I'm talking yeah. about a three you're four defensive a three, end, four defensive? a four three defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's gonna be like standing in the a three four Robert role Quinn, at outside linebacker. I think he'll be his hand in the dirt. But when they go to like sub package right, and four right. three, I think he'll be playing outsides though. It's it's hard. It's hard for any NFL team to make it back to no, the NBA it, Finals the next. It's year. hard to make it back to the Super Bowl. I mean. There's thirty. There's thirty-one teams made of human components, and then there's the Patriots who just defy all logic. 
outside of that, I think there's only one thing that could like really stand for what what a hangover is supposed to mean, and that's like where where a team kind of doesn't have like a really good mo- motivational leader like Sean McVay, and their players might get complacent, kind of just like expecting it the to land back in the Super Bowl as opposed to having to put in the same work to get there. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case at all with this team. So, What do you think, Joey? Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Sosa where the Patriots are the sort of outlier where no one really thinks that as long as Tom Brady is their quarterback, they're always going to be essentially the representative of the AFC or the, the Steelers. But, you know, the NFC is a little bit more of a grab bag where maybe it's the Eagles, maybe it's the Rams, maybe it's the, you mm-hmm. know, Cowboys, or who who knows is going to be. And so, I mean, there are so many teams in the NFC that can make the Super Bowl. I mean, I can name like, probably like what, six or seven teams that you could definitely just would feel good about putting money on Ooh, making the Super Bowl. Name them. So there's competition. Oh, it's it. not a. Do it. All right. Do it. Okay, fine. I, I would say that. The I, I would say that the Eagles, mm. the uh, well, actually, mm. you know what, Packers, mm. uh, you know, Eagles, mm. Bears, Saints, Vikings. I, I don't know about the Vikings now. Yeah, but but you know, the, the more I think about it, the Packers, I'm just though, offering maybe? grunts of approval and disapproval. I, I don't have words for this. I just have okay. Grunts. You know what? Mm. I'm going to say Cowboys, mm. Eagles, mm. Bears, mm. Vikings. Mm. Packers, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. fucking! I'll even put the Seahawks, the Rams, mm-hmm. and the Saints. So that's that. Saints, 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 Saints are eight. Saints. So that's yeah, eight. So and the Rams. Joe, you Rams sound like nine. Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with those teams, eight or nine teams, no one's going to be shocked. Play I mean, hey. Back music. The fucking Raptors won the the NBA Finals, man. Like I could see a team like the Cowboys getting in there and winning. So sure. w- with with the Rams, I mean, I think the big thing is the fact that they have you got to have a quarterback and you have to have a coach. And I think they have those two things, and they have a they have a mm-hmm. a core to the defense. So I'm not worried about a. Super they have a Bowl. core attempt to the defense. They got a, they got the volcanic ash that's keeping them centered but really what's what's really big about them is that barring injuries they're set up for i think putting up consistent play and i feel like that's what mcveigh is all about is just being consistent and when they take the field you kind of know what they're going to play like so yeah they're going to have some some stumbles and they're going to have some bad games like every team and you know they they might come out of the season being like oh man they look a little rough I, I'm I'm expecting them to to show up and and and, and to definitely be way, well over 500. So sure. once once you're there, then you're just playing with the odds of all of the other competition. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good teams out there, and who knows what the hell's going to happen. But I don't think it's a Super Bowl hangover. I just think it's just the the odds of 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 trying to win a championship. If you have a key injury, then you know all bets are off. If if we do have Blake Bortles playing significant time, then yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not feeling it. But you know, give it all things being equal, nope, good team, good team is going to win. Case closed. Sosa, we generally end our episodes on a singular topic, and obviously for the last couple of months that hasn't been the case. We're going to do it this episode. It's your Ooh. favorite topic. College football. So, so you're a huge college football fan. You you follow you follow this. Oh man, there's there's nothing I can throw at you that you're not prepared for. What are, what are your thoughts oh, on the man. 2019 uh, you know college what? football season? I think people got to. Wa- <laughs> I, I, I think people got to watch out for the mean me green. I think they could be real potent. <laughs> If I, if I, if Joey gave me a hundred dollars to spend on some high, on some Heisman odds, I think Mason fine to get all one hundred dollars. Mason, are are there are there any prospects or any teams that you've seen to this point? Oh. I posted a twenty twenty mock. Is it is there anything you know that you I noticed? That I haven't personally looked into anything, but it's kind of hard not not to see like the outside talk because there's a lot of 
mm-hmm. guys I follow on Twitter and stuff like that. Not obviously big media, sure. but um, no, you sure. know, I, I just see the regular stuff like the QB class, Tua and, and Herbert and all those kind of guys and from and whatever. Um, I know there's it's supposed to be a, a huge receiver class, a big running back class, uh, but, and that's about it. It, the receiver class is much better than this year. That, yeah. That's the difference, is it? I, I feel bad. I feel bad for teams that wanted to draft a, a wide receiver this year that they had to go and do that. Yeah, I mean, or next year. how many are supposed to go in the first round next year? Like at least four or five, right? And I, Good Lord. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen things from like Jerry Judy being compared to AJ Green and all kinds of stuff. So. Sosa's a huge college football fan for anybody that doesn't know. He's constantly watching. I, um, I haven't missed a college football Saturday in 10 years. Your boy Herbert, uh, Joey. Oh, yes, yes, he, yes. You got he could then. be. You, you got to get in on it because that was, that was almost a joke last year, and he, he stayed. So he gets to have the whole narrative build this next year, Justin Herbert. Well, um, can, can I ask you a question, number one overall pick. Yes, speaking of that. What terrible NFL team is Justin Herbert going to be playing for next season? Uh, the easiest answer is going to be the Miami Dolphins. I mean, what? Um, no way. What are you talking about? They got their man. They got the Hebrew hammer. What are you talking about? Here, here's the thing about uh, Rosen is it, he's going to be like Kawhi Leonard. He's going to go around the country saving teams nope. before they dispatch him. Nope. He's, he's going to go team to team, and he's going to help them win, and they're going to move on, and then he's going to he's going to find a way to almost like a medic. He's like a he's like a war medic. No, it's a perfect goes, fit, Joe. Team to team and helps them. I disagree. No. I think twelve years in Miami, be... he's going to be a, a a legend. He's going to retire a dolphin, and he's going to be more <laughs> lauded and loved than Dan Bernino. Just watch it, Tanya. So, 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 so you were going at this from the from the Kawhi side. What, what were you up to? Like, you you were on the right track halfway there. But by that, Rosen is going to is going to bounce from team from team but to Kawhi team won't. until he goes through all thirty two. <laughs> but he's gonna be the he's gonna be the opposite of Kawhi because the only thing he's gonna save is their chances at the one hundred and one for every team he plays. It's beautiful. Josh Rosen's gonna yeah. get. That's, that's going to be his legacy. Josh Rosen is going to get teams the number one overall pick. Why is he going to win them the ships? Um, yeah, Herbert's great. Uh, Robin, what do you think, man? I mean, I, I know it's early. Mm-hmm. You have 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 you even looked at the UCLA schedule? Have I looked at the UCLA schedule more than you have? You you have because I I, don't uh, I know it's true. I, why did I ask that? But you I know, know it's true. There, there, there's a couple names I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. One, Michael Martinez. I think you pointed out the other day. Oh. Uh, Big old tight end from modern day, a football mm-hmm. powerhouse in Southern California. Everybody wanted him. My Bruins got him. Chips, mm-hmm. Chips got it going. We get uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson back after a little injury at midseason. Uh, we're looking for we're looking for the like like the Rams in the new stadium. I'm looking for the UCLA Bruins in 2020. We're mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Here's a question for you, and I know this is very singular. Um, you guys Kenner, go to Cincinnati. Cup is going to make the Kentner Cup is going to make the Rams. <laughs> Week zero, Thursday, a Thursday night game against Cincinnati. Is it, that's a defining game. I mean, it, it really is, right? That's a, that's a loss. But even if it is, that's a defining game either way, right? The 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 way the the San Diego State game isn't the next week. The way the Oklahoma mm-hmm. game isn't the week after, or Washington uh-huh. State two weeks after. Yeah. That Cincinnati game, that's kind of the, the pinpoint for where you guys are at. Uh, no, it, it, no, nothing's a pinpoint. It's This year is a wash. It doesn't They can go 0-10. That's fine. Mm. That's, I'm not counting yeah. on anything. They can go 0-10 and it's fine. I'm not counting on anything this year. Uh, any any singular win will be fine because they're garbage. They're bad. But I've, I've, I'm hoping that Chip uh, is going to turn this stuff around. And 2020 is our year. Everything's pointing towards getting his guys, and you know he's he's doing all right recruiting. So let's see. Let's, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him time. I'm not gonna yell. I'm not gonna scream. I'm already resigned to them being terrible. You're not gonna yell. God bless everybody whose team could go 0 and 10, and it would be fine. God fine. bless. I'm the just wrong. gonna let him. I'm, I'm buying in long term on Chip. So 20, you better go 10 and 0. You go 0 and 10 this year, but you better go 10 and 0 in 2020 because that's when we gotta have this. 
here's a question and I, Sosa or Rob, since you guys are the subject matter experts here, uh, I'm interested to know if we traded Buffalo, if we gave you guys Buffalo in the surrounding area, if we gave you North Tonawanda and all its trappings, all its glory, what should we ask for in return? What's what's a fair trade? Yeah, well, that seems like a late day three priority free agent type of pick. So, <laughs> Undra- undrafted free agent. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a can Johnny Munt kind of guy. That's all we can do. I think. I think. I think Detroit should get Windsor. They get they get Buffalo. We get Windsor. Is Windsor uh, ninth? It's an absolute shithole. We'd we'd gladly trade okay. that one. Yep, it's Love it's it. perfect for Detroit. So like for like, yeah. No, that works. Exactly. Let's make my, this happen. Uh, my, <laughs> my sister lives in Buffalo, and uh, I no, I she doesn't. Her. How do all you guys have no? Like somebody this. from fucking Buffalo. GST represent. <laughs> 